Hey, this is Megan Friels Johnston. Check out Movie Guys Podcast. everybody and welcome to another awesome episode of movie guys podcast and like we promised on twitter tonight is a special interview we have a special guest with us tonight and we'll be introducing her in a second but i am jordan and i am joined here with eric how you doing tonight tonight buddy uh i'm doing i'm doing pretty well i damn shame that ed can't be here but i guess he's too cool for school yeah and that's fine you know what we didn't even ask him no yeah like he'd rather we were... sit, yeah we told me he could sit out this one yeah, he'd rather wear funny hats. That is his pastime, man. He really <laughs> – no. no I'm, we're getting into something completely because it's a secret. We're not supposed to talk about it, right? No, we're not supposed to. But we are supposed to talk about this lovely lady right here, Megan Friels Johnston. How are you doing today, Megan? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Great. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Happy to have you on. My pleasure. So we're going to talk about Megan's career here, and for all the fans out there in the Movie Guys verse who has not heard of her, you can definitely check out these awesome little horror flicks that have come out in the past couple of years. Uh, the first one, Rebound, uh, and also uh, The Ice Cream Truck, which, which came out last year, right? I believe in 2017. Yeah. And both of those films right now you can watch on Amazon Prime, and I believe The Ice Cream Truck is on Hulu, correct? Yep. And currently, she's working on her third film, which was supposed to come out this year, but Megan will let you talk about that later. It will be coming out next year instead of this year. We'll be talking about that as well. Yeah. This is so, an awesome cover. It's if I can just cut in right there, too. I mean, when you're going to, like, the old school kind of uh, – um, I don't want to say – I guess the Trinity Church is, is clickbait, but, you know, like the blockbuster bait stuff where you walk through up and down the aisles of blockbuster and, like, to see the movie. You always go by the cover, and these things just, just pop to catch you. Thank you. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's important to have good key art, you know? Yeah, especially if you're browsing through, would you say, like, Amazon, right? Amazon Video was a big one? Yes. I mean, well, my films are on all the VOD platforms, but, yeah, I mean, we don't really, I mean, I grew up in the time of the video store, so I I know how important it is to have something that really grabs you. I remember the the ones that really affected me, but yeah, you know, I'm in the horror space and you got to try to figure out how to, you know, best represent, represent your film and box um, art works, works on serials, works on horror movies. Yeah, exactly. We got to get you to make a deal with Walmart, Megan, because <laughs> I was there, uh, just a quick little story. I was there about three weeks ago with my wife and I sent a picture over to Eric and Ed, but, uh, Deadpool made, a deal with uh, Walmart. So every Walmart movie for sale had a picture of Deadpool on it. Every movie. No. And it said, I'm not in this movie, which sucks, but you should buy it anyway. Well, I could, I could see wow. him trolling in the ice cream truck already. I, I yeah, I can just, I can see Deadpool in the ice cream truck with the thumbs up, you know. That's hilarious. I mean, you know, you gotta be creative. It's, it's hard for, there's so many films um, and there's so much competition, so I think people just, I, I mean, it seems like a movie like Deadpool wouldn't have to do something like that, but, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do to get your, 
your film out there. Well, you well going back to the like the blockbuster that you were talking about, I like what what are some of the movies that you, you think that if you're walking by that I mean that struck that caught your eye, I guess that was just like, well, I don't know what this is about, but I got to see it now that I saw that. Well, I grew up in the '80s, so the ones that I think about are the films that I would see the the cover art before actually watching it or or even after i remember like so in horror i remember the cover of like house or fright night had really good you know like house i remember had the like the the finger you know ringing the doorbell was really good cover art or even comedies like national lampoons uh vacation you know where every chase is like his whole family. Who is he he's holding somebody's leg, I think? He, or she's holding his leg. You know, there's just different, there's just memorable cover art. Poltergeist was one. Oh, with the TV, right? Yeah. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I, I was thinking of like uh, Evil Dead, is it, with just the skull, just kind of with the bubble, right. with eyes on it. Uh, what was another one we talked about, George? Oh, Trilogy of Terror with uh, the little pygmy on the cover. Um, scared the heck out of me. One of my favorite covers, not a great movie, but one of my favorite 80s horror covers was The Return of the Living Dead Part 2. Yeah. You know, with the with the cloud zombie face over yeah. the suburb area. Totally. Uh, that always caught my eye. But, Megan, do you consider yourself a horror girl? I mean, I mean, like, it's like, is, is horror 80s slasher your thing, or is this the kind of movies that you make? Um, I love horror, but I, you know, horror is a really big genre, and I think that's something that you know, I, I don't think is talked about enough, um, because you have movies like Psycho, you have movies like The Human Centipede. You know what I mean? They could not be farther right. apart from each other, and um, so yes, I love horror, but I I like more retro horror. I I think. Um, you know, the next two movies that I'm trying to uh, get made are a little gorier than my previous two. I think that's also has been a comfort level with me, you know, getting gorier and doing it in a way that doesn't feel um, out of place, I guess. <laughs> Studied the uh, authenticity of, of killing someone, right? Well, right. I mean, for me, I, it, I'm not – I think some people write – a story, especially if they're in the horror space, it's like they're thinking about the set piece and the kill first, and this, the story is um, secondary, whereas that's not the case with me. You know, like one of a, a script I just wrote has a few deaths, and it's like I could have had, they're gorier, but I could have had more, but it wouldn't have made sense. You know, you can't, for me, I, I don't feel comfortable putting something in that doesn't feel right. But yes, I love horror, but more importantly, I love suspense. And I just love that feeling you get when you're waiting for something to happen. Um, I, to me, that gets me more than the reveal, you know? So those movies were like, you're literally, you're holding the pill or I'm holding the pillow in front of my face, you know, like with like one eye over the pillow. Like that's my favorite part of horror, not being, grossed out uh, edge of so, your seat bump of the night stuff yeah or just like what's a good example of that like like house of the devil if you've seen that like i feel like the majority of that film is that you know so you're constantly waiting for like the shoe to drop and 
and that's my fav- favorite kind. Uh, maybe I could drop one. How about because uh, this recently came up when I was browsing other movies to watch, but uh, Cube because that's a bit oh, of, of sus- suspense in there too because you don't yeah. really know what's going to to happen. You you know just as much as anyone who uh, the people who are in the maze. Yeah, that's a great movie. Um, and that's a low-budget movie that did really well. Um, it was Horror Fest. Oh, no, I think the third one was Horror Fest. I'm a big fan of the Cube movie. But, yeah, I, I mean, and I would say a lot of the stuff from, like, the 70s, 60s and 70s are like that. Um, but that's that's my, my jam is suspense and tension. Well, okay, now, Megan, let's let's get into something that I think a lot of our fans like to listen to on how it actually comes to be, how to make a film. So you're sitting at your computer, you write your script, your script is done. Walk us through, if you don't mind, how do you get the movie made? What do you do after your script is finished as an independent filmmaker? Well, I, I have the the advantage of being a producer first. So I have a, a lot of know-how in that. Um, I, not every writer, director or director is a producer. Hopefully they know some that can help them with that aspect of things. But usually, you know, if you, you write something and if the you know, time frame is available, then the, really the first thing you should do is to attach cast. Um, you need to attach someone that has some level of notoriety to be able to then get your financing. So you basically, you want to put a package together. So, you know, for the ice cream truck, we had Deanna Russo attached. Um, and then we, you know, we tried to get a really, like a really famous person for the ice cream man. And it just because like, Sadly, men mean more in foreign value than women. <laughs> still, still a real thing. But um, um, so we went out to a bunch of people, and honestly, I don't think any of them would have been right uh, if they would have signed on. And one of the actors who was going to do it uh, couldn't do it, but his manager recommended the guy who did play the ice cream man. And then you just you try to find people around it. Like we had Jeff Daniel Phillips, who's in all of Rob Zombie's movies. Um, you just try to get some recognizable names, and then you have to then you have to look for the money, and that's probably the hardest part. And any independent filmmaker will tell you the same thing. So once you get it financed, then you go into production and you shoot and you have your team, and and then after that, you have to finish your movie in the best way possible. That is probably post production is probably my favorite part because I love. Um, you know, doing the music and the edit and the color correction. It's really where you kind of fine tune your film. And it's a long, it's a long process. There's a lot that goes into it. Now, also, everybody out there is listening. Megan is also a producer, like she said. And if anybody wants to get a chance, she has some awesome credits here. One would be Sparks. Another one would be The Arrangement. Mm-hmm. And then you did, uh, you did a short uh, connection, Cruise Control. Well, and Sparks was a 30-minute short film that was directed by Joseph Gordon-Levitt and starring Carla Gugino and Eric Stoltz. So you should look for it online and check it out. It's really fun. Uh, do you have anything about Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Because I want to know, is that guy awesome in real life like he is? Yeah, he's super talented and super down-to-earth and nice and not 
you know, not affected. Um, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Genuine person, not affected. I, I think that's a good way of putting that. Yeah, he's a really great guy. And this is what he directed before he made his film, um, Don John. So this was his directorial debut, which is called Sparks. And it's like a super creative, um, artistic short film that went to Sundance. And it was a really great experience. Because hmm. yeah, I always wanted to know how, like, you know, I, I guess, I guess, I guess everybody wants to know that, right? Hey, is, is this actor or actress really awesome in real life compared to what they are on screen? You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's interesting to hear stories but about. You know what? To, to feed off of that, because you mentioned before how, and it's kind of the truth too, is that you need to have someone with pull to sell your project. So you need to have a name attached to it and to have it being a horror seems to be more obviously very male dominant. We don't have a really good screen queen anymore. Right? Like we, you know, like there seems to be, cause there were a few, I feel like there, 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 there were many who wore the crown in the past, but there doesn't seem to be a reigning one now. No. Is, is it still Jamie Lee Curtis? I mean, I mean, well, I Daniel that, Harris still pops up, you know, every now and again. I feel yeah. like Misha Barton is in a lot of smaller things. Uh, Micah Monroe has been in two great ones, right? It follows uh, the guest. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. Uh, who's the, uh, the, uh, what's her name from, from Miglia? Vera, oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, she's great. What about uh, Nev Campbell from the 90s? Oh, well, she was great in her in her day. I, honestly, I think women are infiltrating the horror genre as filmmakers. There's a lot of great new female directors in horror. Well, yeah. talking to uh, you know uh, the producer to, to many right now. So yeah, behind the action, uh, behind the camera seems to be the new thing. Revenge. No. Oh my gosh, you guys, you got to see it. That's uh, that came out um, this year. That's uh, unbelievable, and that's a a French female director. And Raw is another French film that was a female director, or like The Love Witch was a female director. There's been quite a few. I feel like. I was going to say when you said I went automatically to the TV series and not the movie. I was like, you no. like yeah, I've seen that, but uh, no, I, I'm looking up the movie now. <laughs> Revenge is no holds bar. I would I would put that high on your viewing list. You see, the French make weird movies uh, because one of my favorite French horror films was High Tension. Oh yeah. Oh, wonderful so, movie. Yeah, they just they they make some interesting interesting weird flicks. Um, have you ever, Megan? Have you ever wanted to make your own Jason Michael Freddy, or did you kind of want to steer away from that as a as a horror director? Did you want to stay away from the eighties slash camp? Or, or or would it be a dream project since you were a child of the eighties to kind of not really lampoon it, but maybe kind of? Well, I you know I think there's something in the works actually that I don't I don't know details, but if it wasn't already in the works, I would have loved to have remade Phantasm. That, Ooh, okay, uh, right up my alley in terms of my my sensibilities, I would say. The other part is like to to make something like a franchise, just like you said, though, like the the Jason Freddie Michaels, you know, or, or something like that. It's it's hard to 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 imagine a creation going on for ten, twenty movies, right? I think Halloween is in great hands. I love that team. Um, I can't wait to see it. 
No, yeah, we're going to be reviewing that here in two weeks, and uh, yeah. we're going to be talking. I can't talk about Halloween right now because I'm a big fan, so I just I got to shut my mouth on that. But I guess I'll, answer, I'll, I'll ask you one of my last questions, not my final, but uh, out of Jason Michael Freddy, uh, do you have a favorite 80s slasher out of those? Well, it would be Halloween for sure. Um, I I love John Carpenter, and I, I for sure it would be that. I actually when I met my husband and we were dating and I was like broke at the time, I got him some Halloween movie stills at the time, or like from eBay or whatever that were so cheap because it's his favorite movie. And I knew someone that knew someone that was John Carpenter's assistant and so i got them autographed that's <laughs> for him. and he always says that that's why he married me <laughs> yeah well that's, that's a good sure tell sign right there yeah <laughs> but halloween okay. takes its time and it's um i think it's more serious i don't love the entire franchise i don't think there's any franchise that's perfect um well, well we're at sorry to cut you up it, it, it's one of those where they, these franchises and everything's evolved now. And when you originally had like the one tree in the ground evolving from like the seventies and eighties, kind of like uh, this, this horror, you've now branched off into like all these different subgenres of horrors now, you know, right. and it's hard to keep track of everything because like going back to a movie like high tension, like that one excels a lot more in just the kills. That one has, that movie has great kills in that, yeah. but, but the story is a bit like, man, let's just, let's just get to the kills kind of, you know, it's, yeah. Uh, that's basically what it. So that's that's what that type of movie is. But then well, again, but I, do, yeah. I do like kills too. Like I, I mean, I think the Australians know what they're doing in terms of that. Like Wolf Creek is still one of my favorite like story, um horror films. And they did, you know, I just saw the Loved Ones, which is Australian. And if you haven't seen Hounds of Love, that's also really good. I feel like they know how to do super gory and scary. But with good character development, and I, you know, that's it's hard to do. Uh, that's actually funny you brought that up because uh, one of my favorite Australian horror movies from the eighties or late seventies was a film called Razorback. Oh, I've not seen that. And it stars Dennis Hopper, a young Dennis Hopper. Ooh, okay. And he is alone in the woods, being attacked by a razorback boar. Oh my gosh! Is it so? It's like del- deliverance stuff, like. <laughs> It's weird. It's 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 in his filmography. It's it's crazy. Uh, Megan, since you are right now a horror director with your two films, I had a question. This could be a weird one. Okay. But I want to see what you thought. So I don't like it when they remake big classics, right? Because you know you just can't touch it. But Megan, gun to your head, you have a choice to remake Jaws. The Exorcist or The Shining? Which one would you do? Wow, that's a that's a really. I mean, not Jaws. Did you write that one? Did you come up with that question on your own? (laughs) I. You know what? You do it. To be honest with you, pull uh, behind the scenes, pulled out of my ass. I thought about it five minutes before we recorded. All right. My first instinct is to say not Jaws. However. What only because I don't feel comfortable dealing with like the sharks and all of that stuff. But I do love the camaraderie and the 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 relationship between the three men is probably so. I would say even though I don't want to do Jaws, I also think the characters in Jaws 
are probably the best. So I'm going to like talk myself back into Jaws. (laughs) But I mean, if someone else, if I had a really good person to do the sharks, maybe, yeah, maybe it would be Jaws. Um, But I I would never, I wouldn't touch the shining. (laughs) Sorry. I have a lot of dogs. Um, I I wouldn't touch the shining. So I would probably say, I guess I would say, the Exorcist, but then again, maybe Jaws, maybe Jaws, because I want to do that. I want to have three men, you know, talking about life drinking in in the boat. Dull, dull eyes, <laughs> you Life, know, lifeless eyes. And see, now I, I'm I'm actually really glad you brought up Jaws, uh, just from a horror standpoint, Megan, because. You know, watching that movie as a kid, it was an adventure. But watching it as a full-grown adult, it's, it's very interesting because Jaws starts out as a horror movie, right? Like your typical slasher movie. But then, but then, once the three characters, once the three men are on are on are on sea, it becomes a sea adventure. Mm-hmm. And it's just so interesting because um, I feel that a lot of horror movies uh, nowadays could probably, maybe, possibly take that out of the Jaws um, playbook. Well, you know, if someone remade Jaws, they would make it like a big, giant CGI spectacle, which is not at all what I would do with it. The Meg, which is, baby. The Meg. The Meg. We watched yeah, it this year. Exactly. Which is why, you know, I love who's doing Halloween, because David Gordon Green is an indie director, and, you know, I loved Pineapple Express. I think their attention to detail is so and the wit of those two writers, they're not going to make it stupid. You know, they're going to make it grounded. And that's why I'm so excited to see it. Whereas, you know, a lot of these remakes, just it's all about polish and budget. And it's not, it it lacks that depth, you know? It's it's the realism part of it too. Like, because because Jaws was two things. It it was... The monster movie that fitting into that formula of of, of whatever movie that genre you're putting into, it was a monster movie, uh, mm-hmm. mixing with a little bit of scary. But you had that sense of realism because no part of it was uh, uh, ridiculous enough to not believe. You know, like it, they used everyday things, three everyday guys. There was a boat, a dinghy, even. You know, like it, where now it's it's blown up science experiments the most dated i would say so the exorcist i feel like out of those three is the one that probably could use a remake you know because it's 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 dated and i i think that despite there being so many exorcist films i feel like that could be a that's the one that right is as perfect in my eyes. I like, I, I mean, I like The Exorcist. I also really like The Exorcist 3. Um, I'm a big fan of that movie. You and I are the only ones ever because of, because of, uh, oh shit, uh, because of, oh god, the actor. Um, oh god, the guy who plays the psycho in the, uh, in the prison cell. Oh, Brad Dorff or whatever. Brad, yeah. Yeah, Brad Dorff, Chucky. I, I mean, I, we reviewed that uh, another podcast. And I reviewed that a long time ago. That has some amazing imagery in that film with the lady on the ceiling and the lady with like the clipper, like the the tr- hedge trimmer looking thing. Yeah. Um, I think there's some great stuff in that movie. I think it's terrifying. Well, okay, now Megan, I guess my last question for you would be: Speaking of remakes, mm-hmm. twenty years from now, I'm a Hollywood producer. 
I come to you and I say, Megan, I want to remake Ice Cream Truck or Rebound, mm-hmm. would you do it? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> sure. Why not? You know? But I'm going to completely change everything. I'm just going to use the title. No, no, we're making it. We're making it a franchise, boy. That's what. That ice cream truck is going to the, okay. the next neighborhood. <laughs> where, where do I cash the check? <laughs> I They're actually making an ice cream man anthology horror TV series that I just saw, and it's based on a graphic novel. It sounds very similar um, to my film. So I, I mean, I think there's a lot of different ways you can go with. Um, just, you know, a dark, horror version of suburbia with an ice cream man is kind of like a peripheral, you know, false image of perfection. Well, you know what I mean? And so I, I think there will be constantly people will use that. You know what? Going off of that, then I'll, I'll give you one, one last question then, and then we can wrap up here because um, there seems to also be kind of a trend going on with remaking but in a revision so like a revisioning I guess I could say that is there any type of non-horror movie that you can think of that you would like to turn into a horror movie we had talked about earlier with uh, Ramble we did to buy you some time I guess about uh, The Mask we interviewed that guy who who did uh, Dylan right who did uh, Revenge of the Mask yeah and so Mm. we have a uh, kind of a retelling or, or, you know, from the what we're used to, this comedy Jim Carrey version to now more darker version. Or mm-hmm. there was the rumors of, uh, remember, Willy Wonka when they were remaking that one because Tim Burton was doing it. People wanted, like, uh, Marilyn Manson to be Willy Wonka instead. So you have, like, wow. kind of a darker version of, of, of retelling something. Like, I, I, I think that'd be pretty cool. So, yeah, anyway, to, not to put you in the spot too much, do, would you like to make or see a darker version of something i'm trying to think um yeah it's on the spot question <laughs> it would be, i mean it would be essentially freddy krueger but it would be hilarious to see like edward scissorhands as a full-on horror <laughs> how, about, how about that how about the opposite any horror movie that you would turn into a little, a little more lighthearted? you know kind of like a la like gremlins you know how they yeah the first one was pretty scary and the second one was just like You know, my answer to this question may not be as exciting as you think, but I I think there's such a need for um, horror for kids. Um, That, to me, is the biggest void in in the film business, is there's not a lot of stuff that is, like, an eight-year-old can watch that a parent is going to enjoy as well. And I feel like they used to make a lot of things like that in the 80s, and they don't do it as much anymore. Gremlins is a great example. Things like Goonies, E.T., stuff like that. The game? They don't, yeah, they don't do that anymore. So I would probably try to find a way to either take some horror and lessen it or take some things that aren't horror and add horror because every year at this time I have a seven-year-old and I'm always like, I can't, I can't watch these things that are either so young or like so old that my child's going to have nightmares that I want more of that kind of family, like, like the Beetlejuices of the world. You know what I mean? Oh, I get you. Ernest scared stupid. We know. Yeah. Monster Squad. He's never seen that, is it? Does that hold up? Should I, should we rent that? Ernest Um, scared stupid. What are you talking about? uh, Yes. The answer is yes, Jordan. He's seven. 
Oh yeah. Uh, oh yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Perfect for a seven year old. Like it's yes. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Hers is like a hair past my time, I think. Um, you know, in in the sense of like I was already grown and like you know not grown, but like a teen. No, I get you out of it. Ernest is definitely a uh, well a tar- targeted audience. Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. Well, yeah, there needs to be more of that. So I think no matter what I would do, I would, I'm always thinking about that because I also think every year, like the cast of Hocus Pocus, like they're all, like you can just, you can see their like IMDb numbers are like skyrocketing because everyone's watching Hocus Pocus every year, you know, and you can see the traction of these are the same movies that everybody's watching, the witches, Hocus Pocus, and there's just, there's not that much recently, you know, that's not animated. I would love to see you do that sometime in the future because I really, really think that you're very, very talented when it comes to horror. And I enjoyed Ice Cream Truck thoroughly. Yeah. And I really believe that uh, that 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 you could do your own oh. version of a Hocus Pocus or a darker well, I version of Hocus Pocus. script called um, Fangs about a boy who's half vampire and half not. And so as he's going through puberty, he's also realizing he's a vampire. So that's something that I would love to make. And I wrote it because I saw this void in the marketplace. And, it's, and there's just not enough content, you know, at Halloween time. I feel like, because we started in October, we're watching stuff. And then by like mid-October, I'm like, there's nothing left. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I've already seen Casper six times. I'm done. I know. And these movies are so old, you know? So something like Stranger Things, but not as scary. You know what I mean? That can be more, a little more youth-driven, but not so dumbed down that the parents want to poke their eyes out, you know? Oh, I, I understand. Um, okay, well, we're not going to keep you, Megan. We know you're busy. So just a few things here before we close out the show. Uh, Megan, uh, you can take this time, if you like, to uh, just let the audience know where they can find your work or find you on IMDb or Twitter or on Facebook or whatever. Kind of just, you know, uh, just tell everybody where they can find you and where they can find your work. Great. Well, um, the ice cream truck is on all VOD. It's also newly on Amazon Prime, so if you have that, you can watch it for free, and it's, you know, uh, the ice cream truck is, I would say, a retro slasher, but also, you know, a story about what's scary to women, and Rebound is, was my first film, and when I was a producer and things weren't getting made, I was like, you know what, I'm going to just make a movie myself, and I made this movie Rebound, which I I'm so proud of, and it, you know, it's a small movie, but it shows what you can do if, you know, you really want to sink your teeth into filmmaking, and it's a fun movie, and that's also on Amazon Prime. I am on Instagram as Megan Friels Johnston, and um, I post things about my films. I, I'm pretty active on Instagram, I would say, the most out of any social media. So um, if you want to follow me, I am there, and that's about it. And I'm doing a movie um, next year called Hunting Season, which will star Jamie Lynn Siegler and Sean Marr and Deanna Russo, who was in the ice cream truck, um, and some other people that I cannot say. It also stars Paula Garces and Bruce Davison, and that's a really fun um, film that I should have some more news about um, in the next coming weeks. 
And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's funny because, uh, you know, you and I talked before we recorded and you said that the movie is coming out next year. And I was like, oh, how great would it be yeah, to come out? We got it. We were supposed to shoot it in the fall. And then we just, due to scheduling conflicts and just, the, you know, the film business red tape, things just sometimes get pushed. Um, but we're shooting it next year, and I'm super excited about it. Uh, I would say it's Get Out meets Psycho, and it's a fun. It's more gory than my last two films, and it's I'm excited to see that one. Guys, I can get some names for that one. So yeah, yeah, totally. Well, we're excited to actually see that one when it comes out, and hopefully in the future we can review it and have you on again as another guest host. Yeah, that would be great. And pick your brain about it, uh, but. For everybody out there in the Movie Guys verse, you can check us out at movieguyspodcast.com, movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. You can follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. Just search Movie Guys Podcast. You can download this episode and any other interviews and also movie review episodes. Check us out at iTunes, on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and all you got to do is search in Movie Guys Podcast, and we'll be there with all those awesome episodes that we've gone to you. Megan, don't hang up just yet. Uh, we got something we wanted to ask you real quick, but everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Megan, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. And we'll be back for another awesome episode for the Halloween Franchise Retrospective Series next week. Tune in. Have a good night.